Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Spots and Share Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, and if not, we'll pretty much sprinkle in every queen from the IWC. You know, so we still get over. I am your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here on this journey. And tonight, that journey is the history of the strap, breaking down the AEW women's division. Remember, here at Botch Bots and Share Shots, we're calling in the ring from all the angles. Joining me tonight, the host of the Squared Circle podcast, a guest on Thomas Island. She is the professor of New Japan Pro Wrestling. She is an honorary member of the Smack Draw family. She is Marie Shadows. Marie, thanks for coming back on. How are you? Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate being here. Uh, everything's all good. You're going to have to update your um, little blurb about me because uh, Thomas Island is currently on hiatus. Uh, so uh, no more shows at the moment. Breaking news here on Botch Bots and Cheer Shots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also joining me tonight, directly below me on the screen, she is the lead host of the She Elite Showcase. She is host of Inside the Mind of. She is now ahead of Vince, two to nothing because Vince refuses to answer my calls. Call me Vince. <laughs> she is Miss Katie Kinsey, baby. Katie, how are you? I'm good. Just got done doing She Elite about like half an hour ago. Uh, so I'm good. <laughs> I always feel like I catch, I will catch as many live shows as I can, and then I get the notifications on my phone. So it'll be like your show, and then Matt's show, and then Kai's show, and then Apron's show, and then Marie's show. And it's like every time I leave the house, I pick a different podcast, like who to listen to when I'm going where. So Yeah, there's, there's a lot of us. Yes, just in the one group alone. Also, mm-hmm. joining us tonight, she is on the bottom right of your screen. She is the boss bitch of all things Smacked Raw. She is the brains behind the Hill Support Group with Max and Colby. She single-handedly keeps this boat afloat. I'm just here to talk about wrestling. She's Miss Allison Siegel. Allison, how are you? I'm good. You know, you forced me on this episode, so I'm as good as I can be. <laughs> Half of this shipwreck is your fault, so I figure three episodes and 80 isn't a bad call. Well, ladies, I always start every episode the same way. All of you, I think, have answered this at one point or another. What has you pissed off for greatness tonight in professional wrestling? Katie, I'm going to start with you. What has you the most worked up this evening? Oh, no. Um, why'd you start with me? Well, damn it. <laughs> Allison, you want to go first? first. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is derailing fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fine. Um... I'm mildly annoyed that I feel like AEW does too many gimmick matches. Like, it was cool at first, but, like, it's getting to the point where it's, like, too much. Like, I don't need to see Mox bleed twice a week, every week. Fair enough. That's coming up. Of course. Well, that's not fair. You see my notes. You know what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) I'm in your brain. (laughs) Marie, you're up. Uh, I have a couple of things, but I'm not too big on like the anger radar at the moment. But uh, one of them is that if you would have asked me this a little bit earlier, I would have been upset that 
Jonah got the pin over Okada, but because I saw that with my community, I can accept how Jonah got the, the win over Okada and I was going through the match and breaking it down. So that's one. Uh, two, um, it, it's basically uh, what happened on AEW and it's made me CM Punk returning. And I'm going to say it right here, right out the gate, that I know he's not 100% to be back this early. So those are like the only two things. Uh, we could always talk about Mox bleeding, but no one listens to me. No one listens to us on Twitter. So, um, you know, Mox keep bleeding, but seriously, stop it. Katie? Um, okay, I'll be different. I'll think of something off the top of my head here. Um, Vince McMahon almost being $20 million in debt, basically, because he's shilling money to women and other things. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and just bypass Pissed Off for Greatness and go straight into my news and headlines because that's the first one on my news and headlines. Vince is nearing $20 million in hush money. Are we dangerously close at this point to the, you know, the word embezzlement? You know what I'm talking about? Like, we are getting yes. dangerously close to something illegal. Well, yeah, like, the latest thing I saw, and I, I said it on Sheet I don't know how true this is, because I didn't have time to fully do my research on it, but the latest $5 million was separate from the four, 12 or $14 million for the women, um, apparently to the Trump Foundation uh, in 07 and 09. Will's shaking his head. I'm assuming he's agreeing with me and probably read more on this than I did. That's what I read was that there was some weird stuff going on with uh, it was the way it was worded made it sound like an allegation. But ultimately, he was using funds funneled through this. I don't know what they keep calling it. I've heard it referred to a couple of things, but this like sand fund in the company's budget where he's funneling personal money through the company. And he's using it for all these like weird things and hush monies and stuff like that. And from what I read was he was funneling money to the Trump campaign through WWE when they were supposed to have this huge standpoint of not being a political company. The company hasn't directly made it a, a comment yet. So therefore, everything said is pure allegation. But that seems to be what's going on. Trump flags are showing up on production trucks now from where fans are hanging them once the word got out. Like, it got weird mm -hmm. real fast because of this stuff with Vince. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we passed embezzlement after the first three million. I wrote down the <laughs> definition of embezzlement because I wasn't really <laughs> sure exactly how to describe it. It is theft or misappropriation of funds placed in one's trust or belonging to one's employer. So ultimately, at any point, they can prove one penny of any of this $20 million was at WWE's first. Then it immediately becomes this huge lawsuit. And that's what they're trying to figure out was all 20 of this, is it all Vince's money? So that's like one in like a million chance percent to get Vince on something. Uh, because, you know, from my understanding, I don't really stay in this whole thing. I just see like the, the headlines from my understanding, like if it's his own personal money that he didn't do it through WWE, WWE is safe. If anything, that they're just going to take the man, Vincent Kennedy McMahon to court again 
and maybe he may get away with it maybe he won't get away with it but the other thing too is that i don't think it's embezzlement just yet based on the definition um because we really haven't found anything he hasn't really broken any laws because we see this in hollywood all the time that you know men or women with money like to do things like this and they can get away with it with those loopholes um but i don't really see like a problem with it only because it's like it's vince and what he does but this is just people just trying to get him one last time and anyway i think that he doesn't want his money anymore because if you have to give away 20 million dollars he's probably like i am done with life i'm okay i'm gonna go live on a beach i'm gonna just do whatever i want to do and i'm gonna be poor as everyone else i i think he's like giving away his his money at this point i have this gut feeling you guys that if given the option i would want to be vince mcmahon poor over regular people poor you know like i can only imagine yeah. that word means something totally different for that man than what it does for it, us it kind of <laughs> does because I, I his 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 name would still hold weight no matter what so he won't be like poor poor like us i heard an analogy given that it was at the time it was still around that 15 million dollar mark so 20 million is a, a huge difference from 15 but they said the equivalent of vince mcmahon's worth if he were to give the company back that $15 million, it would be like a person with $1 million in their bank account giving somebody 750 bucks. Like that's how much that money is to how much Vince is worth. Like that's what's most messed up about this situation is that in the big scheme of things, $20 million is a ridiculous amount of money to normal people. But to Vince, $20 million is less than a paycheck. Okay, now I get it. Cause I was gonna be like, this is why I have a, uh, a math degree in Steiner math because I was just like you're throwing out numbers and I was like what the hell the only reason <laughs> I know that is because people <laughs> who are much better at their jobs than me reported that and I could verify it to be true <laughs> I did not do that math in person uh I I do things like it sounded chefing. great hey I'm, I, I'm here like what <laughs> I do my due diligence but I am not doing inflation <laughs> all right so Allison uh, spilled the beans a little bit on my next uh, news rumors and headlines uh, AW Dynamite I feel like it's a broken record week over week yes. everybody does every match need a gimmick or need to be a squash match there's just too much blood on free TV uh, if you've got two cents you want to throw in uh, now would be the time for that topic anybody um, I mean, there's not really much to say unless like AEW or Tony Khan like takes us seriously and actually listen to us um, because I'm starting to get a little annoyed with um, other people within the industry being like, oh, don't listen to like, you know, people on the internet, uh, don't listen to this or that. They never make the distinction of like, don't listen to the trolls and the negative people that are being negative and trolls for the sake of being negative and listen to the people who actually break it down like the four of us here and give you exact reasons why certain things don't, don't work all the time. Uh, you never want to like burn out your yourself or like the ideas you have the story you have because then it's like why do i why should i tune in um every single week on cable to watch uh aw dynamite when something else could be on that catches my attention that's something new um you know fans on twitter could be like oh no i watch everything sure you do sure you do but it's just that it's it's you know a broken record at this point but i do hope that someone out there like listens to us eventually I have to throw my two cents in. I watch a lot of wrestling. If somebody looks at me and says, I watch everything, you're a goddamn liar. There's no <laughs> way you watch everything. There is way too much wrestling out there for somebody to genuinely watch it all. 
And I watch wrestling seven days a week and I still can't watch everything. You know what I mean? Like there's just Mm -hmm. legitimately too much. Uh, moving right along. Charlotte Flair is the next guest on the Broken Skull Sessions. What do you think about Charlotte going on with Stone Cold? I think it'll be cool. I mean, she doesn't really talk a whole lot outside of, like, her gimmick. Like, on Twitter and everything else, like, she keeps that Mm -hmm. persona going. So it'll be interesting to see that flip side of her. Agreed. I think it'll be cool to kind of see her break kayfabe a little bit and talk to us like a person. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Uh, final one on the night is TK shut down recent thoughts and accusations brought forth by Dustin Rhodes that there would be two night pay-per-views coming. TK says right now he's going to stick with one night, but that doesn't mean in the future he won't go to two nights. Uh, do you guys think T- uh, TK and AEW is ready for two night pay-per-views? I think the only reason they should ever do a two-night pay-per-view is if you have one of those nights being Ring of Honor only. And that's what I saw a lot of people talking about. That's a good that idea. way you are getting your Ring of Honor talent that you may or may not have actually bought this company. There's a lot of speculation about that yeah. up in the air now, too. Um, why don't you utilize these talents that you kind of are bringing under either both AW and Ring of Honor contracts or just Ring of Honor contracts, utilize them. Put your Ring of Honor champions on a pay-per-view one night and then the next night have double or nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Say like same shit they do with like all out. Have like the entire week in Chicago you have Dynamite Rampage, your Ring of Honor pay-per-view and yeah. all out. Like utilize it that way. I definitely don't think you should do it now. <laughs> But maybe, like, next year when you, like, have a full Ring of Honor roster, if that be the case, I think that should be the only reason he does a two-night pay-per-view. Other than that, it's not needed. Also, until they get a streaming service, I would really hate that. Because I'm not paying 100 bucks for one pay-per-view. Like, I'm not doing it. Like, I really hate paying 50 bucks now. I do it, but I don't like it big same yeah um i didn't even think about that too about like the price but um i i wouldn't mind if like AEW does it sparingly for like two nights not all the not all the pay-per-views have to be like two nights but like the big names like if uh you know we have we have all out and like double or nothing those those might want to get like two day uh pay-per-views and then yeah i definitely agree that the second day should be like ring of honor be like dedicated to that uh just to showcase more talent and stuff um it's worth a try, you know, um, trial and error is always a good thing. My only thing is that like every time an interview happens with like AEW guys, there's always this conflicting story. And like TK either has to like backtrack and like backpedal to be like, oh no, we never really, really discussed this. I don't know where that's coming from. And I'm here like, this is why you guys need a PR, like to get to get all your stories straight to make sure that, you know, no one says anything random because I think that's a very random comment to be like, oh yeah, we're thinking about two day pay-per-views. What? Right now, like you're three years in, like calm down, slow down a little bit, you know? I also think Koki Cohen needs to just stay away from his Twitter for a while because oh, he's got to relax. That's, <laughs> that's something I talk about every time. Tony Khan yes. is a kid with daddy's money and he should not have access to his Twitter. Yes, but. I totally agree with that. I 
100%. I agree with Katie. I like the idea of doing it maybe like WWE did with the takeover pay-per-views where it'd be a takeover on Saturday and then the the big premium live event on Sunday. Maybe TK mm-hmm. could do something with Ring of Honor similarly where he's going to have a big Ring of Honor pay-per-view and then a AEW pay-per-view with a tie-over somehow cross-promotion stuff between the two stories, whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies, this is my favorite part of the night. The meat and potatoes. Tonight we're doing wow. History of the Strap. Marie, you've done one of these before. You and I did the IWGP Intercontinental title. Uh, Yes. Katie, this is your first one. Allison, this is your first one. It's pretty much just going to be a rundown. We're going to talk about the AEW Women's World Championship. It's a short list of champions, but there's lots of drama in three short years. There's been five reigns total. And the early days of the division, we saw a lot of Joshi influence from Kenny Omega's bookings, that kind of stuff. The first champ was Rio. When I say that area of the AEW's women division, the very early days of it, what do you guys think of? Um, I was, uh, the first thing that I think of is that it was like exciting, especially with something new, especially in 2019, uh, when they had uh, the Joshi woman come in and like do their thing and people were getting accustomed to them, used to them along integrated with the AEW women, like they first signed, you know, um, I had high hopes. I had high expectations. I was on that honeymoon. I was like, oh, this is going to be like the best thing in the world. Uh, you know, AEW is truly going to be that alternative. Um, but you know, let me not get ahead of myself, but the first star would be like excitement for all of that. Yeah. I mean, when you like think back to three years ago in the beginning of the division, you think of a wide variety of women talent. Like you have the Yoshi talent, like Riho, who's the first champion. You have Nyla Rose, who you typically wouldn't see in a uh, WWE or anything like that. And like Britt Baker and Sheeta and Statlander and like all these names that you may not have seen or like weren't the typical cookie cutter, blonde, big boobs kind of thing back in like the nineties, early two thousands of WWE. And I like that a lot of people like nowadays steer away from that because not everyone looks like that. So It was definitely interesting to see all of these. It was like a melting pot. It was like a bunch of different women, different backgrounds, different everything uh, coming together and attempting to start a women's division with a company that was just getting its feet off the ground. So they they basically had to do double the work of like what a talent would do nowadays in any company. Allison, you got anything to chime in on? No? Fair enough. Uh, looking, back on, <laughs> looking back on it, she defeated Nyla Rose on October 2nd in 2019. It was the very first episode of Dynamite, um, the first aired live episode. It was, I think they, they said it was 90 days after the, the promotion had started. So it wasn't the first title they premiered, uh, but then it came through. She had four defenses in a relatively okay title defense. Then we went to Nyla Rose. My question for Nyla Rose for you guys, she was the shortest reign, 101 days. She only had one successful defense before she dropped the belt to Sheeta. Do you think in a very early titles history, we could look at Nyla Rose's uh, title reign as a transitional champion between Riho going to Sheeta? I mean, maybe in like, in if you look at it in that aspect, you technically can. Um, 
I just had this conversation with, I can't remember who, it might have been Reek. Um, the, the first time someone, like, somebody wins the title, like, someone you've been, like, gunning for to win it, and, like, the, a lot of the times their first title defense isn't long. I think as we were talking about Liv possibly losing to Shayna Clash or something. So, like, and that would be a very short title reign for Liv, and that's someone we've wanted to win the title for a long time. You know, Liv at the bank, all of that. But, um, I, I mean, a hundred, you said 101 days. Mm-hmm. That's yep. respectable. Even if she only had like one successful title offense, that's a hundred days of someone being just a dominant force in your women's division. Whether it, it's like if Bobby Lashley went on a tear and just was just squashing people left and right. I feel like it's, like, the same kind of effect. Like, you have this dominant persona, you have this dominant person just running roughshod until somebody finally comes along and is like, I can beat you. And that's what Sheeta was. So I wouldn't necessarily call it transitional champion. I would just call it, um... I gotta think of a word. Hold on. I would just call it, um... Just, like, the monster, it quote-unquote monster, like title reign if that makes any sense kind of like andres yeah not necessarily i'm not by any means comparing nyla rose to andre but when the one time andre did hold the title belt it wasn't for very long and it was just kind of like okay he did it now let's give it back to like a realistic competitor uh do you think it was almost like that tk was using nyla rose as that attraction spectacle like just the big burly woman that could beat everybody just like the yeah like the um, like the Lesnar, like For when you sure. put the belt on Lesnar, you know he's gonna suplex everybody, like kind of thing. You know Nyla when you get Nyla in the ring, you know she's nine times out of ten the woman is going to be smaller than her. Like Rio was a toothpick compared and mm-hmm. adorable, adorable, love Rio, but like compared to Nyla, it was insanity. So I th- I think that's like a good way to think about it. I would think of Nyla as like a like a Brock Lesnar type champion. I could see that. Do you think somebody like Nyla Rose would be uh, successful and more over if they were to find a mouthpiece to, to be that person for her? Like give her, not necessarily a Paul Heyman, but you use the Brock Lesnar analogy. Could we give Nyla Rose a well-spoken manager that could go in and be her mouthpiece and would help get her over again with the AEW crowd? Because it seems like she's kind of fallen to the wayside. I think- uh- Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead if you want. If you want to finish your thought, uh, I was gonna say I think. I mean, because Vicky didn't do shit. Um, I think if you give her a good mouthpiece, she very well could hop back up on the quote-unquote ranking scale. That's stupid. The it rankings really that mean matter. nothing. Exactly. Um, it's more so just the fact of. I think I talked about this the other day. I don't know. I do a lot of shows. Um, that there's not a lot of women up to the level that Nyla needs to be facing other women. You have, like, uh, again, jumping ahead, but, like, Jade, Tony, Rosa. But Statlander's gone, injured, again. She Tegan knocks herself, like, um, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it, because it's literally happening to, it happened to Tegan know, at the yeah. Classics, and I was like, it's I, fucking terrible, it's so sad. I wasn't expecting and, you to say that phrase, though. Okay. Oh, yeah. She yeah, Tegan knocks herself. She Tegan knocks herself. It, it is, and it's fucking sad. But, um, so I think 
realistically, if she has a mouthpiece, yes, but it's going to depend on when and if we can get her appropriate, not even appropriate, just like higher caliber matches. Kyle says that Nyla had Vicky, and then he said Guerrero. He had to Google how to spell her last name. I, yeah, um, but Vicky wasn't doing anything for Nyla. Yeah. See, that's Vicky my thing, was too. She wasn't, she wasn't... Vicky had decent runs as a manager, but you have to do more than scream. When you reach that point where that's the only part of your gimmick, there's nothing left. You're a one-dimensional character at that point. You know, there's, yeah. there was nothing else she could do. Um, so, uh, let me, wait, let, let, wait, we're still, we're still on Nyla. We have, I have stuff to say about this. No, for sure. Go. Um, so, uh, I'm going to work backwards. Um, I don't think Nyla needs a mouthpiece, uh, because we see on her social media that she's very quick witted. Like she's very funny. Um, she has a sense of humor that's different from like everybody else. And to incorporate that with the ladies that, you know, she works with these feuds, it'll be great. However, I'm not sure if you guys know this or not, depending on what state they go to, um, if you are trans, you're not really allowed to wrestle in that state. That's why she stays in like Florida or like the states that like will accept her there. And that's why sometimes we have this like choppy uh, wrestling championship career for like Nyla because not every state is accepting of that. Um, so it's a little bit harder. So yes, getting back to your original question, if if, it, if I think that she was like a transitional champion, it definitely felt like that because they really couldn't take her to where she needed to go, um, especially with the, with the whole crew, which is a little bit sad. Um, so yeah, I think that to me, it felt like a transitional champ, uh, champion. Um, I do not think she needs a mouthpiece at all. Like I'm gonna have to agree with Katie that Vicky did nothing <laughs> at all uh, with that. And um, you know, I, I want to see Nyla Blossom just to see, you know, how much she can add to the roster. Cause like, I barely see her. Um, I no longer watch Dark or Dark Evelation. And it's like, what are you doing with these women? Like, you know, put her on Rampage to be consistent or something, or, you know, let her have like her own talk show at least where she's like interviewing the wrestlers and they're doing something goofy or whatnot. Like let that be a consistency. So that way, you know, Nyla and everyone else who is not getting enough TV time or whatever the case may be, can have something we could remember and we could sit here and be like, Oh yeah. Remember that one time Nyla did this, you know? So yeah. Kyle wants to know, did I hear it correctly? What States are you not permitted to wrestle in? If you identify as trans, I have to admit, I was a little uh, bit taken by that comment because it's one of those like, blind to the blind to the cause thing because i don't i don't want to sound ignorant to it but i don't speak on something if i don't have the information you know what i mean like i'm not going to say I mean, something and sound wrong so what states are you talking to i wasn't aware that they had restrictions on who could wrestle because it, what i've known was it was an entertainment thing and it's not actually managed like sports would yeah. be but you also have to remember that every state has a different athletic commission also so true. you have to like Fair look enough. into that um I'm just going to say that with this information, um, I didn't do, I'm, I'm, the people are probably going to come after me, but I just know it that little bit of like the state athletic commission in certain states will not like allow you to wrestle. Um, I haven't done enough research into it, but like if you put two and two together, you have to question why is she not always on the road with them? Mm -hmm. You know, why is she not always there every single uh, place that they go to and like why she's not featured on AEW uh, Dynamite when they're in like a hometown like 
like Ohio, like Cleveland, Ohio, in a way. Um, I do remember like on Twitter, um, one of the other female wrestlers was complaining how Missouri or like some of one of the other states wanted to check if she was an actual woman down there. Um, and she was like, why do I have to get this procedure done? And Twitter blew that tweet up. Um, it should have been Missouri because everyone is doing this petition to uh, sign it so that way the athletic commission can like, you know, change it. Um, so it's like specific states. Uh, but yeah, I just hope no one comes after me and be like, I'm stupid or whatever. But I do know that certain states are still not accepting of like regular shit that we have. So like they're, they're, they're not accepting if like you decide to turn trans. So, well, we see this happening in other sports as well with the, the world of Olympic swimming, uh, where they've put bans in specific competitions in certain sports that say they're not allowing trans athletes anymore because they're starting to fight to say there's an athletic advantage. And once again, I'm not going to get into a topic that I absolutely know nothing the science behind, but you're already seeing it in other sports where they're limiting trans athletes based on this stuff anyways. But I wasn't aware that it had already reached professional wrestling in a sense that there were some places that she couldn't wrestle. So, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I've, I've been around like, you know, in, in the, in the, in the indies or whatnot and certain athletic stuff is just sort of weird about what you have to follow and what you don't have to follow and what you have to make sure it's provided like um you know in local indies you have to make sure you have to have some type of ents there just in case if something goes wrong everyone needs to at least have like a physical um you have to at least you know have your permits you have to at least have um all the basic stuff so like, you know, with New York and New Jersey, we got the ba I, we got the basic stuff. I know the basic stuff. But like if you go to a, another state, they might really have to like check you, check you. And then you are like clear to do it. Uh, there's other times where like wrestlers have to get a wrestling license because then you are deemed um, a weapon because you're you're a wrestler. So like these little rules that happen, it's it's different rules in different states. But, you know, yeah. Not to like stay on that forever, but yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, we are going to transition into Hikaru Shida. She had the longest reign at 372 days. While she was champion, she had eight successful defenses. And we saw the second title belt. When they went from the first design to the second design, did you guys think there was a big enough change between the two? Like so soon, it was only, it was less than a year after the design had been debuted and then they made a drastic change and then they make another drastic change a little bit down the line we'll get to. Uh, what did you guys think about this second version of the belt? I don't know why I can't. It's like, I remember the Fabergé egg because that was the first one. So and it, was, then, it looked like it was too big on Rio because Rio's this big. Um, and then they went to the Fabergé egg that looked like one of the dragon eggs from Game of Thrones. Yeah. It was it the was, little yeah, like, bigger version. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I f completely forgot about that because it looked still looked the same. Like, because obviously it's different now, but yeah, I completely forgot there was even a second thing. So I don't ask me. I don't well, I Ministry. guess a better question is, in a short three-year history, do you think they should have three title belts in three years is maybe a better way to look at the question. No. Um, I mean, look at it like the TNT title. Every TNT title holder has had their own version of the belt. Um, obviously, Brody Jr. having Brody's makes perfect sense. Um, and then everyone after that has had, like, Scorpio Sky had the Lakers colors. Um, Mira had the green... And the and white, white from Belgium or whatever, right? Which 
looked so nice. Yeah, that was I really wanted Wardlow to have green, but no, <laughs> whatever. Why would Wardlow um, have green? Enlighten me. Because I, just like the, his, like all of his graphics and everything, like oh, yeah, Wardlow, yeah, yeah. it like it, most of his merch has been like greens and like dark colors. So, but like, looks good on Wardlow regardless. But um, I have to be so honest, kinda, he's got some dope ass merch too, guys. Like Wardlow's got some cool shirts. Like I'm a, like just throwing that out there. His merch is legit. I mean, anything for Wardlow. Come on. Um, but I kind of just look at it like that. I don't like they kind of just design belts out the ass over there. So I don't I don't really think about ha them having three different designs over the three years. Hell, they might have another one next year. Every year they get a new title design. Like, who knows what Tony Khan's doing over there with those belts. I'm reading the chat. Sorry, I was getting it all caught up. I don't think oh, there's a, I don't think there's a reason to have a hundred different title belts. And I know that's an over exaggeration of what's going, <laughs> but like They've got their world title. They've got two mid-card titles, two women's titles, the tag titles. They're bringing the trios titles. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's rumors of talking about a hardcore-style, like, deathmatch title. Like, why would they, yeah, why do they want Johnson. to continue yeah. to keep adding this kind of stuff? Like, is there a point where you're just like, whoa, guys, there doesn't need to be... It's like college football. There's 100 teams, but there's 25 bowl games, so half the field makes the, the postseason anyways, right? Like, that's how I'm yeah. starting to fill with the titles. When you get to that 10, 11, 12 title mark, at what point do you start devaluizing what you have on rotation? Man, everything, because uh, it's too much, it's too packed, but Tony Khan is having so much fun in his playpen that he's not realizing that you, you know, you can dream it all. But you got to be smart in how you utilize your talent, who gets time, who gets this belt, who gets a special belt, you know, and like what they mean and like why you're fighting for it. Like if you're just going to throw like all these belts, um, you know, what's the point of it? Husky says, Husky 518 says, eight. WWE has 18 title belts right now combined. Uh, we talked about that in one of our episodes, actually, where I said nothing, you know, like, Nobody needs anything more than the five captains on a boat or the four world champions in one promotion. Like, because at one point you had the universal title, the heavyweight champion, the NXT champion, and the NXT UK champion, not to mention like six different mid card titles. And I was like, holy shit, guys, when is enough enough? And it's still that, uh, it's still that same way right now. Hold on. I want to answer um, off the top rope. Uh, he said, um, but WWE has more TV time to AEW. No. We have AW Dark, Evelation, uh, Dynamite, and Rampage. That's so not TV this, time. That's YouTube time. I mean, time. look, that's I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna combine it all because Tony Khan likes to do that whole thing where he's like WWE has all this stuff, but I'm gonna combine it all. You can actually like, I'm gonna, you could actually like, no, my my, my brain wants to say maneuver all of them in. No, uh, you could you could like combine them and have stories on everything to make everybody watch. But you know, but WWE also has main event, yeah, uh, other stuff like that. Which uh, sometimes they're, they're like, up, hey, watch main event, level up for NXT. I still think NXT WWE UK. has more actual TV time because all of lot. those are on TV. Well, you think about when they had things like 205 Live going, plus you know, like you were saying, main event, plus they were still mm -hmm. doing like. Keeping in mind, this is a huge difference for WWE that a lot of people don't want to hear. WWE does house shows. 
AEW doesn't do house shows. WWE yep. has a, and yeah. Allison and Marie can attest to this. And Katie, I know you go to live shows a lot too. Dark matches are very much a real thing when you go to live yeah. house shows. If you oh, go to so a fun. house show that's not televised, you might get four, five, six extra matches just so they can get the guys out there to run. It doesn't matter if people are, aren't even in the building yet. They'll get guys out there to run matches just to get ring time. Like, so I don't. I don't think that you, it's hard to say AEW and WWE when you combine YouTube and all the nonsense, they might be, you know, tit for tat. But when you keep into mind the rotation of a house show schedule, WWE has way more ring time for their talent than AEW does. For sure. Yeah. Just, that, just them, taking that into account. They also have a much smaller roster and, you know, don't have to rotate as much. You know, we see those guys more often you know we barely see the women as it is and we only see like five of them yeah yeah like and for wwe for like house shows it's not the entire brand like company going on the show on the live shows it's wwe live raw wwe live smackdown when nxt was touring it was just the nxt kids like because like I went to an NXT show like three years ago when they, before they stopped touring, so it or, well they're back up again but only in Florida it doesn't count. Um, so it's it's completely like different because we are getting like the raw talents at the raw live shows or an occasional well the brand split's not real but you know what I'm saying <laughs> like <laughs> typically the, you see the same people on the same shows and those are the ones you typically see at the live or the house shows. So it def, WWE definitely has the one up on AEW with that because AEW doesn't do house shows. They don't do like dark matches or anything like that. And dark and they, I mean, they just added elevation and that's a whole bunch of nonsense. And Ring of Honor doesn't have any cable TV time right now. So you can't even include that. So I think WWE still has AEW beat by a long shot, honestly. Agreed. I mean, do you do y'all feel like that they should add more, like add an hour onto Rampage or add an hour onto Dynamite? I mean, they film them in the same day, so that makes it difficult. But if they split up the filming, do you think that they should? Add, I think they should at least add some time to Rampage and make it its own, like not necessarily yeah. brand, but like give it its own like live show. Are we to the point where Rampage could be live every week? Do we think? Because we saw last week when they did the live show that they got good ratings. I mean, they used to be like live almost every week. Like I was at the first Rampage and that shit was live. And so when I found out, like people were like, oh yeah, it's Dynamite and Rampage. I'm like, what? Why are they doing it at the same time? Why are they doing the same day? It's a and fucking that actually just happened too. when I went. Oh my god! Yeah, when you I go went, for the whole when, show and then stay for Rampage, woo, woo. it's a marathon. It Especially is. if you have like a headache it. during that shit. Oh my god! <laughs> I wanted to blow my head off. I was so annoyed when I had to leave. Uh, by the time I had to leave, I was my head wasn't even attached at that point. It was terrible. It's a long day, so I mm -hmm. feel like Rampage needs to go live. Even if they like split your fucking roster in half, in three fourths and then the other fourth. Have Rampage go on its own little touring schedule. Like, go for it. Because mm. that way you're getting... You'll have people who just want to go see, like, 
Swerve and Lee are mainly on Rampage. Those are your tag champions. Mm. People want to see them because they're popular as fuck. So you know damn well if you advertise Swerve and Our Glory is going to be at said show at said time, people are going to go. Yeah, I didn't think about that, about like, you know, maybe fans want to just buy a ticket to Rampage and see how those ticket sales do because you've got certain guys there. Like, uh, Katie bringing that up, I was like, oh, it's sort of like, you know, WWE. There there were certain people that were mainly on SmackDown back in the day when they respected the brand split and you're like, I want to go see SmackDown and SmackDown is better than Raw and, buy, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, if Tony Khan ever gets everything settled and like, you know, uses the money to hire more production crew and everything like that. Maybe Rampage could definitely go on tour. But I will say that, um, you know, uh, TNT, TBS needs needs to move Rampage instead of starting at 10 on a Friday, maybe start a little bit earlier or like, you know, maybe it, it doesn't start really have seven. to find Go head day. to head with SmackDown. Fuck it. Full on Friday night war. Two hours live TV head to head. Um, Hell TK yeah. is not ready for that. Let's go to war. Fuck it. All right. TK, call I would, me. I would go to war, but TK is not ready for that. <laughs> Honestly, they do better if they move to Thursdays because the only thing they would be competing with on Thursdays impact. is Impact. And nobody impact watches Impact. Only whoa, 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 whoa. Watch out. Now. I mean, I, I try to watch Impact. impact. I, I like impact. impact. It's a it's a joke. They're from my backyard. <laughs> I'm obligated to like Impact because they started in Nashville. The same reason I'm obligated to like the Titans and the Sound. Like, <laughs> and you're also obligated to like New Japan Pro Wrestling because it comes right on right after uh, Impact. So it's at 10 p.m., guys. I have Make to sure tell you, you Marie, it. you have to be like, like you should be proud. There has been like no major New Japan representation at the Sportster until I came on board, and I've done three articles about New Japan since I started. With yes, them. and I read them all. <laughs> you what? I read them all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm. I didn't know when they did the. The G1 thing, and I started to get into that, and I'm not going to digress. We still have to talk about the women's division. We're not derailing this show. <laughs> we said, fuck that. I'm sorry. I knew this was going to happen. I was <laughs> like, sorry. I'm going to get the three of you together on this show, and it's just going to be hell. Like, this is. Is, like I'm going to try my best to keep it reined into my notes, but there's no telling where we're going. You're welcome. It's fine. Fine, ladies. I'm going to ask you a question right Listen, now. I'm the boss. I can derail if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Alison. Once again, I have nothing to do here except for talk about wrestling. I'm going to okay. ask you guys a question. <laughs> I'm going to say somebody's name, and I just want you to give me your first thoughts when I say this person's name. Okay? Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I want her as my dentist. <laughs> I want that was her my first thought when she, when, when, when she debuted it. I was like, yo, I want you as my dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the first word was lockjaw. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, overrated? You think she's overrated? Ooh. I do. Now See, she I'm, is a little bit now. When you started watching wrestling, Allison, at the birth of the podcast, before we really started, you hadn't really watched much wrestling. So we're looking end of 2020, beginning of 2021, which is right before the reign of Britt Baker took off. So you started watching around the time she started her push. What about Britt Baker seemed overrated to you? She's just... I don't know. Like, to me, like, her personality just... Meh. Uh, does it scream bitchiness? It does. It okay. screams bitchiness. That's what it is. Okay. And, like, 
so when I started watching, like I was like whole ass, like only really watching WWE and like those women. I had are nothing so- to do with that, by the way, that was purely on her. <laughs> those women are such leaps and bounds, like ahead of where the AEW women's roster is. And like her compared to like some of the other women I saw on that roster, like to me, she wasn't as good as some of the other talent that was there i don't know i feel like she had the belt for as long as she did because she's pretty she had the belt for 290 days she had seven successful defenses uh she did get the third belt design once again we go back into it three belts in three years uh that big ass middle plate the mid-atlantic uh u.s heavyweight title like super big like territory vibes do all the belts need these ridiculous center plates? No. It depends on like what the meaning is. Cause um, you know, if we really gonna do a, a talk about belts, right? Um, you know, uh back when NWA had their belts, their belts like look so great and prestigious, and you're like, I wanna hold that belt. Um, so sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, you know, it's not like um segueing here it's not like the iwgp world highway title where it looks like the divas title and we're like what the fuck that butterfly but, belt. you know so you know you got to think about the design and what goes into it and maybe a meaning behind it not gonna lie i actually liked the divas title design because it was different and unique because My... it wasn't the typical like just block or like the big gold belt it was something different and cool like i like the different types of belts like because all of i mean all of aws basically look the same it's just <laughs> different colors designs like the same like the circle and yeah, yeah yeah the big the side plates and everything so like i like unique designs to belts so that's why like the divas title i loved i was like it's it's very feminine and like sticking with the theme and like showing that yes this belt is for the women now nowadays like literally all wwe's are the same too so like i can't say shit yeah yeah, yeah. but i like i like when belts stand out on their own for good reason because that Mm -hmm. proved that yes women this is theirs y'all can't touch it it's unique Um, to them it's feminine kyle i already said that yeah yeah stop copying me uh, Kyle says the <laughs> Divas belt. You'll, if you like the Divas belt, you'll love New Japan. Uh, I said that. Uh, Ritter says the center plate makes the belt or is the belt. He says the NWA belt suck. Dude, I am so sorry, man. The 10 pounds of gold is a gorgeous <laughs> title belt. Like the the silver dome, the NWA with the different the countries on it. Like it's prestigious, man. Like, come on, Ritter. When he was on the show the last time, he laughed at me because I said the NWA wasn't getting any respect. And here he comes in my chat, talking shit the about NWA, my NWA. Get off my NWA lawn, Matt always, Ritter. Get off my lawn. <laughs> the NWA should always get respect. Amen. Thank it'll, you. It'll have my respect. See, see, you represent New Japan, and I represent the NWA. You know why we make a good team? Because we're like the Ents from, like, uh, <laughs> from the Ents from Lord of the Rings. Because nobody's on our side, so we're not on anybody else's side. You know. <laughs> And and Husky five eighteen, uh, his name is uh, Shane. He's a buddy of mine. He agrees with us. NWA boats are amazing. Thank oh, you, yeah, Shane. They are. Uh, saying something I'll, nice. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'll I'll bring it back to Burt Baker. Um, see, I'm helping you, Will. I'm helping, <laughs> not derailing. Um, I think 
a reason Brit stay a champ as long as she was and was a focal point of the division. So she really didn't start getting traction until she got hurt. Because, mm-hmm. like, in ring, she was there and just kind of folded in with all the other women. When she was hurt and, um, like, she was in the wheelchair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the first one. Yep. Um, that's when she got a lot of mic time. She yes. got a chance to develop her personality on the mic and show a character, like, with the conspiracy theories with against, like, Aubrey and Statlander and Sheeta and all the other women in the division. Um, I think that's a main reason is because she was one, if not the only woman at the time, who was given a chance to have a character outside of just in-ring work, which is why she's a staple right now, I would assume. Like, because she was gone for like two months off TV for a while, and then she just came back a few weeks ago. So I think back then when she was champ that is a huge reason as to why it's because she was she was talking it she could talk on the mic she progressed in the ring over time but it was that first title or the first chance she got to talk on the mic when she was hurt and do all of that crazy shit with reba rebel at her side do you think between the lights out match and the cage match where thunder rosa dethroned her do you think Britt Baker changed how people viewed the AEW's women division. For some of the stuff Allison was talking about before, how they seemed less experienced, they were more green, they weren't quite as over as some of the other women stars in wrestling. Do you think Britt Baker changed that for better or for worse? No matter if you like her or dislike her, do you think she helped push the AEW's women division to the next level, though? I, yes and no. Way to yes, stand on we... a fence post, Katie. let me explain (laughs) um this isn't uwo i can stand on the fucking fence post if i would like to you can do whatever you want Um, it's 2022 i'm not arguing with you (laughs) because you know damn well not to jokes (laughs) you know you're making jokes man (laughs) um yes and no (laughs) yeah allison will hit you for me thank you allison um yes because her being champ gave the women time her being champ was putting her in matches almost every week on all the pay-per-views putting like giving the women actual spots on the card and on the pay-per-views which they weren't they were kind of getting but not really getting and then when you bring in yeah serena deeb who has experience out the ass she's one of the most experienced people there and then bringing thunder rosa in like you bring in these two women who have the experience and the caliber that they both do for different reasons for everything they've done for this business i think you add them with brit the three of them elevated that division i wouldn't say it's specifically brit because brit could do the mic she could do the promo she could get the crowd behind her but deeb and rosa had the in-ring work not so much on the mic and like you can kind of still see that now like their in-ring work fantastic their mic work hit or miss so i think the f- the combination of the three of them elevated that division whilst brit was champ but what brit can't do is a table spot that i listen i wouldn't want to do a table spot 
either. <laughs> so. Yeah, like I, I would. <laughs> um, uh, originally, I was gonna say that after uh, the after the lights out match, um, I think that they gave the women's division like five minutes of being noticed, five minutes of being appreciated and respected, only because looking at it now. It's like, what happened to all that before? Like, what are we really doing? I know that they're they're slowly getting the women, you know, getting in their, I don't want to say their reps, but getting in their matches, uh, going against Jade and like, you know, creating like the, the baddie section and like teams here and there, but it just doesn't feel like as consistent. Um, even though like, I know the baddies and Jade a lot more than like, you know, our women's champion, which is sad. Uh, so that's why I say that like, you know, um, it, at the lights out match, it was great. The builder was great. The only problem is, is that it was unsanctioned. So like, it's like, it doesn't really count, but for the sake of this conversation, it counts. Um, that's why I say after that, it gave the women uh, five minute of like um, notice, which is very unfortunate, but yeah. So moving right along then, when we talk about Thunder Rosa as the champion, she dethroned her in the steel cage, 316-22. She's had the belt for roughly 150 days, give or take a few on where they're at. She's already had six title defenses in that time. So the second most behind Sheeta. Mm -hmm. I checked it. It's on cage match. I made sure. <laughs> Nerd. But <Okay>. the thing <laughs> is, when you look at Thunder Rosa... She held the Burke. She was an NWA women's champion. She's been yeah. the warrior wrestling women's champion. She's been, you know, like she's been a champion everywhere she went. When she finally got the AEW women's title, did she need the AEW's women's title or had she already done enough in the sport to where she didn't necessarily need that title run? Or do you think she got it purely based on the fact she deserved it? I don't know. I'm a little bit different because, um, I mean, I would think every wrestler wants some type of belt. Um, so, you know, just to add to their accolades, um, you know, I can see Thunder Rosa as like a belt collector and doing this on a very high level and really working with everybody. So I just think that uh, having her get the belt was like, um, because she was on a hot streak, everybody wanted her. Um, when she was doing the the feud and program with Brit, everybody was like, yo, you got to pull the trigger. You got to put the bell on her now. And then they had to wait and then do it later. And then like her momentum fell off, which AEW needs to fix that. They got to stop with the push, push, push. You lose and then like you lose momentum and then it's hard to get back into the character. But I just think that, you know, uh, she gets these belts because uh, she just, she's like, uh, I don't know why my brain wants to say like a trailblazer, but she kind of is. Uh, but like, you know, collecting them, uh, getting that notoriety, making sure that women's wrestling are put at the forefront because, you know, it is something special. It's it's way different than like the men's division. Thunder Rosa is super successful in Mexico as well. Don't want to forget the Arenas de Arena champion as well. Like she's been built, she's been south of the border. She had a huge feud with Taya Valkyrie, like in AAA. Yeah. Like, they had an, a ridiculous... She was on Busted Open last week talking with Bully Ray. Uh, no free shout-outs to Busted Open. Uh, but they were talking about how 
they, when she was in Mexico, like the women in Mexico weren't treated any differently than the men in Mexico. Like when they were in the ring and they were training, they would wrestle the women the same way they did men. The women were expected to handle it just like the men did. And she was like, that's where I came up. That's where Taya came up. You know, like we came up expecting a difference. So she says when she has the rumors of her sandbagging, she says it's because the women north of the border are soft. They think they're sandbagging because she wrestles like a man. She doesn't wrestle like a girl. Do you think there's some, I I don't like to say things like that. Do you think there's some relative truth behind that? Because she's a little bit rougher because she was trained by men in a ring with men. She wrestles like a man. Do you think that's why somebody smaller, like a Marina Shafir would say she's sandbagging, even though to Thunder Rosa, she might not be. Um, I, I agree with that only because I have a different mentality. I have a, old school mentality a way of the way that I break down wrestling think about wrestling and even at one point wanted to be a wrestler but that's not that never happened um but I do agree that if you are going to get into this business as a woman and you really want to go with it with all your heart you have to fight like the men you cannot be uh hesitant you can't uh misstep anything I know accidents happen but aside from the accidents you have to go in there 100% believing that you're going to have a good match Everything is going to go according to plan, hopefully. And you hit like a guy. You're, you're going to be titled as a wrestler, you know, because, because that's what you want. You want that equality of being tagged as a wrestler rather than being like a woman's wrestler. But the moment that you, uh, you know, uh, don't go full force with something, that's when something happens. And the uh, your opponent can't really have that because they have to trust you with their own life. So, you know, I you know, agree with Thunder Rosa that because of the way that she was brought up in the business and that she fought with the men and the men was rough with her, not every female that gets into this business um, is trained that way. And they go a little bit soft. You can see it sometimes when they uh, do the Irish whip and they turn to the corner and they sort of like uh, stop so that they don't like hit it full force and stuff like that. Or when they're trying to do certain uh, moves or techniques, it's sort of like, you know, they're doing a little hesitant and you can see that hesitant when you see it. That's why fans are like, oh, it doesn't look right. It looks off. It looks different because we're so trained with our eyes to watch the men wrestle and the men are just smooth. And that's what we want for the women is to be smooth. So, you know, people might say that she's like sandbagging others, but it's like you also have to train in a facility and get these reps in and get this rhythm going. And the more that you uh, train with your opponent, the more that you uh, have these practice matches, you'll get that smoothness. Again, not to segue, but if you guys ever watch uh, Stardom Wrestling, those women, they are fantastic from start to finish. They fight like the men, and they have these beautiful transitions where it's like you can't see any type of little hesitation in it at all. So I'm very old school, so I'm going with, like, Thunder Rosa as, like, 100% on this. Nice. I mean, on the flip side of that, like, I respect where she came from, but, like, you also have to mildly adapt to the to the people that you're working with and working around like it's okay to have that mentality but people are not going to want to work with her unless she kind of softens up a little bit so i mean there's two sides to the coin like don't forget where you came from but you you have to adapt i can think of a perfect person who did that candace loray pwg got super kicked in the face with a thumbtack shoe bled like it's nobody's business won that match by herself her tag partner does not exist you can't tell me otherwise she won that match by herself fought men consistently 
for years in PWG. Trent Beretta, the Bucks, Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, Kevin Steen. I'll just I'll go on and on. But then when she finally got to NXT, and hell, even when she was in the May Young Classic, she had to change up her style and realize, okay, well, fuck, I'm not wrestling my husband, Johnny. I'm not wrestling Ciampa. Like, I'm wrestling Mia Yim. I'm wrestling... Uh, Deanna Perrazzo, I'm wrestling women who may not have had the same upbringing as me and got into the business the same way I have. So I think I, I kind of agree with Allison. Like, you obviously, like, you know where you came from. You respect that. You keep that to your heart. You keep that close to the chest. But there is give and take. Like, you can't just be hard hitting this, that, whatever. You have to adapt and kind of think on your feet be like okay well Marina Shafir may have trained with her husband Roddy Strong but she doesn't wrestle like him she doesn't have the same tendencies as him she didn't run the ropes in Mexico like Thunder Rosa did like you there is a give and take so uh, it's more so you have to adapt it's that's everybody like you you can't go from being a luchador your entire life and then having to wrestle like Brock Lesnar and be like, all right, flippy shit, here we go. Brock Lesnar will just push you away. He'll be like, uh uh-uh. Like, you have to adapt to every person you're in the ring with because everyone's style is different. Everyone was trained differently. No one was trained the same way. That's why no two matches are the same. Well said. Thank you. Well... I'm going to ask you guys a question. When you think about the people in AEW who haven't held a title, you look at people like Ruby Soho, Katie, you brought up Chris Statlander, Ty Conti. Like, you look at a lot of these people. Who on the AEW roster not named Jade Cargill do you think deserves a world title push? Chris Statlander. But she's hurt. (laughs) Yeah, like, Chris Chris needed... Chris needed that um, that belt or something. Um, I, I don't know why I said Penelope Ford. Maybe maybe in a little bit of time. Um, but Chris Stanlander is like very high on my list of like she should hold the title at least like once and let's see what kind of story she could give us. Um, Serena D probably could have did it too, where we could have had like open challenges and you know class was in session for her for her open challenges. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of the roster. This is like so bad, but I will want. I do want to say that I think the person to dethrone uh, Jade should definitely be Kira Hogan. Jade is not going to see it. I could see that. I was going to ask you guys. My next question was. Do you think we're to the point where Jade needs to be pushed to dethrone Thunder Rosa so they can take the TBS title off of her and her not lose it with a loss? What do you guys think about doing it that way? I don't like it. You don't like it? Like, not at all? Well, shit. Never mind then. Fuck my ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't like it for the fact of that, like... um, So, like, are you proposing that, like, Thunder Rosa and Jade have a match. Thunder Rosa wins and gets a TBS title. 
and no, holds two titles? Or what I'm saying is, think of Jade doing what Keith Lee did in NXT. He won the North American title. He won the heavyweight title. He relinquished the North American title so the people below him on the mid card had something to fight for. He didn't want to be at the top of the mountain holding both belts, so he willingly relinquished the North American title to allow them to have a mid card again. Do you think that oh, Jade that. can do something like that? To keep a protected title reign so she doesn't lose everything she's fought for. Man, I I I still want to say no just because of like her character and like how much she's built herself up as like, you know, she's everything. Like you don't tell her to give away something or she's not gonna think to give it away like for for whoever it is. Like that, that that's not her character. However, if they have the right writer, meaning me, because I got a degree, um, we could probably make something happen. But I'm gonna say no. Um, I think of Jade right now is 36 and 0. I was thinking uh, before like Athena came along that she was either gonna hit 50 and then lose, but now it's looking like she's gonna lose to Athena at all out. Like that's kind of it seems mm. like that's the story of their telling which that was gonna be chris statlander but then she knocks herself so she wasn't allowed because she was in she was ready to get that big push and then blew out another knee um but i think having jade be as dominant as she has been has been fine she hasn't lost a match in like any capacity whether it be a tag or anything since like being that bitch like whatever um ha have her lose like have her lose clean have her try and get the belt back but it's just it's not in the cards jade is that type of character where you can just put her on tv ha she can talk like she she knows what she's doing she's developed this personality she can just go on the mic is she's Again, one of those people who has slow, very slowly progressed in the ring because she was just starting when she was signed. Like, she was very green. Like, not like money green, like green. So, like fresh, like fresh out of wrestling school green. Mm -hmm. like yes. Less like than a handful very much of so. match when she went on live TV green. Like, it was, yes. it was a push, but she has made a hell of a push in the last, you know, whatever, 37 matches or whatever it's mm -hmm. been. Like, she's made some leaps. You can tell she's putting in the work outside of the TV shows. But well, yeah. you're absolutely right. She was green as hell when she first started. I mean, it helps that she's training with Brian Danielson right now. Or also it true. was a few months ago, at least. Yeah. Like, that definitely ups your caliber 10, at least. Um, but, like... If you don't have Athena take it off of her, um, like kind of like backtracking a little bit to the conversation mm -hmm. we had before about who besides Jade should be a champion, Tony fucking Storm needs to be the champion of she's, I mean, more than likely going to be taking it off of Rosa. I like the thing that people are saying online now is that Tony's the one who injured Chris and took the top spot. I oh. like that people are just playing into that because. Tony was the second position, and Chris Statlander was one. Again, the ranking systems are bullshit and don't mean anything. But in that mindset, it makes sense. So I think Tony being your AW Women's World Champion, and then having Athena be your TBS Champion, 
have them go at it every once in a while like have them both hold the belt for a month like a few months uh possibly a long reign whatever you want to do with it but i think getting new faces for both of those belts is what they need right now the chat says matt says tony and athena got to do something with them maybe momentum is pretty much gone uh husky says would be interesting to see rosemary versus jade cargill i think that would be really cool um i think abaddon would be another one too i think she's a beast she's 100 percent capable of putting on a hell of a banger uh she is another one that's slightly i wouldn't say green she's got some good indie reps but when you see somebody work the indies versus seeing somebody work on tv there's a huge difference between tv matches and house show matches so when you see abaddon work a house show that's one thing and you watch her work in the indies but then you watch her on tv where playing off of what marie was saying before if your timing and your flow and your match isn't right it makes everything you do wrong look that much worse and I think that's some of the things that have happened with Abaddon. She's worked with some green people that have led to some monumental botches. And that seems to be what more people want to talk about with her than the fact that she does have some really great bangers. So Abaddon is somebody to watch. I think that a Athena... banger was Sheeta. Huh? Yeah. Abaddon and Sheeta. Mm-hmm. It was a banger. Yeah. They were, yeah. Um, and, and then they will also make a, a really great feud. You can incorporate the horror uh, the Abaddon brings you can incorporate the Japanese mythology if you want to and like give us something that we can have a moment and have feelings and be like I'm interested to tune into AEW because we're getting something awesome between these two ladies why is the Abaddon in House of Black <sighs> because Tony Khan hates fun Co- Tony Khan hates women that too <laughs> well. I say that behind closed doors I didn't say I'm that. Saying it out loud. Oh, I, I say it out loud as but, fuck. Allison, but, but, but I can't it, give you a Bobby recommend. I can't do a <laughs> your opinions are yours and yours alone. This is your show. <laughs> but, but 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 then but then again, I did I, I did say one time on Thomas Island that like you know does he say the same thing that he said about um, Big Swole to like his mom? Because I thought that was like really bad. So that yeah, I was just like Tony, there's something wrong with you, man. Like. Women are okay. Like, I don't know what you got against them. Here's the thing about AEW in the women's title belt. As soon as you lose that belt, you disappear. Yeah. Like, like Brit, once Britt lost that belt, like, where, where the hell's she been? You know what I mean? Like, once they don't have the belt anymore, he just, okay, I'm done with you. Let me just put somebody else here. And then, you know, everyone's being pushed off to the side. I know, like, for a while who was i can't remember who was it that had like the visa issues was it sheeta or was it um reho both of them i mean did. either one of them i mean they, they both deal with visa stuff so well because yeah. of covid like they went back and like couldn't get back in the country i can't I remember. think it was rio yeah oh yeah because she was in yeah 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 so she i mean her being gone after she lost her loss you know was one thing but like you know when brit took the bell off of Nyla, like, or not Nyla, uh, Sheeta. Sheeta, thank you. Yeah. Like, disappeared. You know, yeah. so like, that's that's a problem. Like, great, only, you know, so many people have held it. Like, I don't think there needs to be like a repeat winner yet, but like, at least keep the women around doing something. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, well, you had the bell, your story's over. Let me go play with another toy. <laughs> 
What do you guys think about TK rolling an all-women's show, giving him an hour a week? He's not he going know what to, to because yeah. he's the reason uh, NWA is not going to put on another Empower because he doesn't know how to fucking play nice with other people. So yeah. fuck him. He's especially, ruining the fun. Yeah, especially to say that, oh, well, I gave them some of the women, you know, pat me on the back too. It's a team effort. When you do these things, it's a team effort under everybody, man. Imagine telling New Japan that, like, oh, yeah, I, I lend you Lance Archer for the G1. You know, where's my pat on the back? Man, you're lucky like, you're getting Will Ospreay. <laughs> huh? I'd have, been like, I'd have been like, shit, you can't sell anyone else? <laughs> like, well, if, if I was New Japan, at, I'd be like, fuck you guys. You look at their track record at Forbidden Door and then what they did with mm-hmm. G1, okay, where they, mm-hmm. like, you get Lance Archer, but I would say Lance Archer's more of a New Japan guy than he is an AEW guy. At this I point mean, now, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know he was I mean? before. And then you look What's at... time Lance Archer was on AEW TV? Then you look exactly. at how... Uh, before all this. Yeah, how it was booked. Forbidden Door. It <laughs> was, yeah, everything was AEW's favor. Then you look at how... You know, FTR got those belts. FTR still on American soil. What are they going to do when the the tag teams uh, the tag team tournament happens in New Japan, Marie? Like, how the hell are they going to defend? They're, they're like, going to have to get. Look, man, they're going to have to get their ass over there. I don't care if they win World Tag League. Then I will take back everything that I've said. But right now, they got to get their ass over there, defend those belts because I'm still pretty pissed off about that too. But let's keep it on the women. I mean, let's look at everything Tony Khan did with impact. Yeah. Why did you have all of these in, I'm sorry. Why did you send all of your talent to impact, but bring like three people over? None of them being the women because the knockouts division is the best division. Let's be yes. real here. Like, I'm sorry, the best women's division. Let me specify. Um, so we didn't get any of the knockouts. I mean, we got Madison right now. So like that, that's a win, I guess. Um, but we didn't get it at the time when it like mainly mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, you had your talent beating their talent for their world championships. You had your talent beating your talent for their championships. I was there. I witnessed it. And like, and then you you <coughs> basically buried Impact in that aspect, like. That's why nobody wants to play with Tony Khan because he doesn't want to share his toys. He's a he's, selfish little kid. He's unless a kid. Uh, he didn't have to share. Yeah, exactly. unless unless he gets all the wins and like all the glory, it's like you know you ha- you have to understand that you have to, to quote to quote Triple H, you have to do what's best for business, even if those decisions don't make sense, and um, you know you're like, oh, it doesn't fit right now, but later on you're gonna be like, oh, it makes sense. Agreed. Well, ladies, this is my favorite part of the episode because I don't have to say anything now. I'm just <laughs> going to ask you guys to talk and just tell everybody where to find you and what you have going on and all the awesome shit you guys have in your lives. Ready? All right. Katie, you're first. <laughs> okay. You can follow me on Twitter at KOSN13, the ring stream. I'm about to take you all things Sheely Showcase, twitch.tv slash Sheely Showcase, typically Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, youtube.com slash Sheely Showcase. I always say watch the videos because they're way more entertaining. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, if you'd like to listen. Sheely Showcase is the brand. It's also the weekly show. Um, just filmed it before doing this. Inside the Mind Up is an interview series I do with fellow podcasters. Will has been on it. It was a great time. Great episode. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. 
in the crowd is a show that's currently on hiatus. I don't know what I'm doing with it yet. And then my co-host Savannah has a show all about New Japan. It's not my shtick. I just uploaded for her. Um, but if you can find me there, you can find me on Smackin' It Raw or Young Kings Wrestling or The Havoc Hour or Get Yo. I do too much. I I just hit two years yesterday. <laughs> And I'm doing two shows today. So let that do with that information as you please, people. <laughs> Marie Shadows. All right. So this was lovely. I enjoyed it. Uh, once again, I'm Marie Shadows. If you want to follow me on Twitter, head over to at Marie underscore Shadows and make sure you follow me for all my wrestling takes and anything that I have to keep you guys updated with. I have my own Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows, where we're soon going to be continuing watching some G1 matches, talking about wrestling, and I break it down for everyone um, that comes by. And then also follow my newsletter where it gets delivered to your inbox every Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm going to get back on that schedule because I got the G1 to cover uh, fully. So head over to marieshadows.substack.com. Allison? <laughs> um, I don't have a spiel because I don't uh, <laughs> ever come on air. Uh, you can follow me on the tweeters, uh, just a girl nine eighteen. Uh, I make all the funny graphics and stuff. Uh, the fuck, I can't even talk. Uh, the heel support group with Max and Colby. You know, I take action figures and you know make a comic strip. Uh, I'm also responsible for the Smacked Raw uh, thirst traps. Uh, warning, Marie, you are the target for next week. So what we're going to be doing is every week we're going to challenge somebody on Thirst Trap Thursday. Oh God, no! So <laughs> I, I I am exempt from this. I'm not I'm not participating. No, no, no. But you I... have to like put okay. your face on like different wrestlers' bodies. Like, I I, I am ex I am I, I I am exempt from this. I'm sorry. That's why <laughs> I'm gonna pick Kate. Excuse me. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. I, I, <laughs> Matt beat everybody, so I can't compete with that. I I still have to remain professional on Twitter anyway, so no, I'm sorry. Wait, are we supposed to do that? <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Oh fuck. I be. It's not just Thursdays, bro. I thirst every goddamn day. Y'all see my tweets about Rhea? Shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't I don't mind like thirsty tweets, but shit, I gotta still be professional. I'm just kidding. I don't give a shit They're what people think about me. They're funny, thirsty tweets. <laughs> funny. They're not really thirsty. They're funny. I mean, I post thirsty tweets like every day, but. Yeah, like, I mean, I, there's, I mean, you can be professional and do the, the that's just yeah, me. That's my, that's my tweet. I, I can do both. <laughs> I mean, you can't see One day. One day, but I'm, but I'm out of this. <laughs> I'm going to start posting thirst traps. You guys have encouraged me. Do it. I'm gonna Your thirst it. traps involve you like drinking Dr. Pepper and like not. She's gonna be you like cooking. I could be hot. <laughs> I could totally be hot. <laughs> I think. I think I can. You said I think. You guys are no, challenging him. This is bad. <laughs> Have confidence. I can. I can. It. I'm confident. I'm hot. I could do things. I'm a man. I hang sheet rock. Yes, girl. No, Preach. I'm just kidding. I talk about wrestling for a living. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm not kidding anybody. <laughs> All right. Ladies, I super appreciate it. It was an absolute blast. Uh, chiming in the last few things in the chat. 
Bobby chimed in at the last minute. He said he's an only child. He doesn't like to share. And Ritter promptly said he's not surprised by that statement. Kyle (laughs) plugged Thirsty Thursdays. So that's it. Uh... Now, as we close another episode of Botch Bots and Share Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. Remind you to go wherever you do anything on the internet. Facebook, iHeartRadio, Twitter, Instagram. Literally, you have all the options. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling me how great I am or how terrible I sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm. It helps find new listeners. If you're feeling really generous and be one of the VIP people, head over to Smack. Head over to Patreon and donate to the Smack Raw <laughs> Podcast Network. You get some fantastic swag. We get some free guests. It's a win-win for Marie Shadows, for Katie Kinsey Bebe, and for the boss bitch Allison. I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. Watch spots and share shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Watch Spots and Share Shots on all platforms to make sure we're here on Watch Spots and Share Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage representing the Takeover. Takeover all day. And Bosh Bosh and Share Shots. Check. Savage!